Hey, we're Cezanne and Stevie Hendricks. And you're listening to The Libby O Show. How did she do it? Do it. to a brand new episode of the Libio show. I have some very special guests uh, on the show today. They are influencers who have built uh, their platforms around brand development. And then they also have a brand new book coming out. It's up for pre-order and it's called A Real Good Life. Discover the simple moments that bring joy, connection, and love. Cezanne and Stevie Hendricks, how's it going? Hey, Libby, how's it going? We're good. We're stoked to be here. Other than it being 105 here in Texas and us trying to get into the fall season, it's going good. It's going oh, great. Yeah. You know, I don't care if it's 100 degrees. I still have a pumpkin spice um, candle that's lit in my house right now because oh, yeah. I'm inviting I'm inviting the fall into my home, even though it's freaking hot. <laughs> I love it so much. And I feel like that's what your, uh, your book's all about. Loving those simple moments, appreciating them. It's about yeah. finding the good when it's hard to find. And right now we, <laughs> you know, like September, October rolls around and Texans, we're just like, okay, can we be done with this? Everyone else has moved on from summer. Like clearly we want to be in fall one. too. It's yeah. like a brutal one, but you know, we are just trying to make the best of it and thank God for AC, right? We cannot <laughs> say that enough. <laughs> yes. I was in a, which I feel like this kind of ties in uh, to one part of your book that I want to discuss um, a little bit later. I was in Europe last month. And as you know, they don't have AC over there. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, right. I it's heard like, it was hot too. I heard Europe had like a weird heat wave. It was, well, I was in Slovenia and Vienna and it was like 150 degrees, it felt like. And then oh. I got to London and it was like fall. So right. it's wow. a very quick like adjustment. <laughs> uh, I've heard Vienna is super cool. What did you what did you think of it? You know, I have always wanted to go there for the music history. And I mean, every building, it could be a bank, it could be like a grocery store. Every building is like magnificent. Yeah. And yeah. like mm-hmm. it's the the food, the schnitzel. Um <laughs> Yeah. Sitting all the cathedrals. I mean, it's just, it's really great. But I would recommend if you're going to go there, you need to spend a day in Salzburg. Okay. Okay. I, I, I always like appreciate these tips because I'm the travel junkie planner in our family. It is. And uh, Europe is, you know, we always want an excuse to go back to Europe. So, so Vienna is about the way the Europeans are doing life over there. It's just, there's something that we need to take note of, I think, here in Western culture because we, I don't know, speaking, for myself, it just feels like here in the U.S., right? It's just this go, 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 nine to five people, you know, live to work. Whereas in Europe, I appreciate the culture. They work to live, right? And then they enjoy their life and the parks, the families. It's just maybe we need to move to Europe, Steve. What do you think? May I, yeah. Can we? Can yeah, we I don't think so. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ideally, it sounds really good, but then you know, even us, we we used to live in California, have to go somewhere where the English is spoken. Yeah, but with everywhere. young kids, you know, like you got to live by your family. You need that help. I mean, because yeah, grandma true. date nights, 
Man, that's what keeps the marriage thriving, y'all. You got to have those grandma, auntie date nights where they take the kids and you're like, see you later. We love you. But for a few hours, we need to be away from you. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we'll move there, but maybe we'll visit more. Yeah, that's unsolicited marriage advice. Land have there just for when you need to escape, you know? Uh, I like that idea. That's my cows grazing the land until we arrive. Sounds Mm -hmm. wonderful. That that is wonderful. We're going to so, plan for that. That's the next, that's what the next book will be about. That's that'll what I was going to say. I was like, that'll be like the real good life part two. We move to Europe. In Europe. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. A real good life in Europe. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, hey, I, I have to say from just, even if I wasn't going through struggles, which who isn't reading this book at this time in my life was like such a blessing. And this morning I was listening to one of your podcast episodes that you posted last summer about restoring help. And listening to that while reading this book, it's just, it's, it just proves how timeless it is to, to talk about how hope is something that is not just something that we just have, but, you know, really talking about, okay, what are the simple things in our lives that we can look for hope in, even if it's not something that's massively, you know, something that's massive happening in our lives. So I just want you to talk a little bit about, you know, restoring hope and why this book is almost like an extension of that message. Well, I, the first thing that I hope for when I go to bed at night is I'm like, I'm hoping for that just good cup of coffee in the morning. You know, I'm a pretty simple dude. <laughs> like I'll look forward to making my espresso at six 30 when I get up with teeny to our daughters just started going to school and going to kindergarten. So we're in a whole new phase of like dealing with a five-year-old at six 30 in the morning. Like we're like, this is, this is a fun, this is the next fun step of like crying about an outfit or socks that she doesn't like. They're like, dude, they're just socks. Like who cares? And they're like, I don't like them. But you know, other than my cup of coffee, it's funny. Like you get into these rhythms in life and your days start passing you by and you don't, you kind of go on autopilot. Right. And so something that's really been on my mind lately is like legacy, you know, and how you have to be so intentional with your days you know, so when you look back when you're 90 years old, you go, you know, I actually lived my days with intention. And so we do talk about in that in the book and in a practical sense of like breaking up your days, you know, from morning to afternoon to evening, you know, these are all different segments of our days. And if we can look at our days with intention and say, like, I'm not just going to start my morning and uh, drink a cup of coffee, like I got to do something else. And so one thing for me, was I remember as a kid, I didn't like mornings. I don't know. I just, I I didn't feel good about going to school. Like I wasn't that kid who busted in the classrooms. Like, look at me. You know, I was always like, I need like an hour. Nobody talked to me. I'm in my fields, you know? And I think my oldest daughter is a lot like that. And so what I realized is like, I don't wake up in the morning with a ton of enthusiasm. You know, of course we're tired and that's, that's realistic. I'm like, but how can I not only set the tone for myself, but for my daughter that this is going to be a good day. And so in that, that is saying like, I'm hoping for good. I'm looking for good. I'm searching for good today. And it's setting your eyes on the good, right? First thing in the morning. And so something I started doing, which really I felt like, I can literally say I felt like goosebumps. Like the first month I did this was I would just wake up, my daughter would be at the island and I would just look at her and say, what do we say? And we would say it out loud. We would say it with enthusiasm and I'm not enthusiastic in the morning. I would say, thank you God for this beautiful day. Today's going to be a great day. And What's funny is like, when you say that on the days where you're not feeling it, that's when you need it the most and it makes the most difference. And so for my five-year-old now going into this big life change, going into kindergarten and thinking like, do I have to do this every day? You know, 
that yeah. really helps like jumpstart her day to see her dad saying that. I'm like, we're going to do this together. We're going to step into this day with the hope of this is going to be a good day, you know, that God's going to use this day to do something great. And so it could be great things can be small things, you yeah. know, but like, let's look for the good. And so that's really made um, just a huge difference in, in starting our day with that intention, hoping for the good, you know? Yeah. I second that right there. That's exactly what I was going to say in terms of it doesn't have to be this larger than life thing. Yeah. When you are looking for the good in your life, you don't have to think of like the big things. Right. And I think that's what I did appreciate about the European culture really was just the simple moments. Right. Um, like a father pushing his daughter on the swing and just noticing not everybody was on their phones out in public. It was just was not it's those little intentional things that you decide, like, you know what, I could easily be distracted right now and do X, Y, Z. But I'm choosing in this moment on this good day that I'm going to be present and I'm going to sit with my child or I'm not going to get on my phone the first thing when I wake up in the morning. And it's those little habits that then turn into a huge part of who you are, just like we wake up and naturally brush our teeth. It's like, you know, those are things that had to at some point in our life be trained and taught. And I believe those habits and those things that we talk about in the book can really set you you up for a winning day. It just takes that small little step to say, yes, I'm going to do this. What And what's crazy to think about too, is that like so many of us, or there's a lot of people that are not living their life like by design. There's no vision. There's no design. There's no build that they have in mind for their life. And a, a real good life is something that's built. You don't just wake up tomorrow with a healthy marriage and wonderful children. You know what I mean? These things are built right. over time. There's just, there's a ton of pursuit involved. It's just like your relationship with God. It's like showing up every day and cultivating that close relationship with him. And so I see a lot of people that I've known for years and years, and I see the difference between them now and the ones that have gone out and intentionally started building their lives and casting vision for themselves and ones that haven't. And it really starts one day at a time. You know, it starts one day at a time. So if you could almost take a, if you could have an out of body experience where you're like looking at yourself in the morning, like I, I felt like I had this, where I was looking at myself and I was like, you know, I think I, I think I look pretty serious in the morning. And I, and I think maybe my tone is a little bit serious and maybe my daughters are interpreting something from that nonverbals, you know, and yeah. that they're going to carry that with them and maybe they'll yeah. pass that on to their children. So what can I do that's different? Take you know, yeah. how can I, how can I start forecasting? You know what I mean? And like saying like, this is going to be a good day. And I believe it, if that's not the problem for you in the morning, whatever that thing is that you're feeling in the morning, that, that, um, that tension that you're feeling restlessness, the, yeah. I need to do this, 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 and this, right. And right. High functioning. It, it, yeah. And that's, that's happened to me yeah. too, where I've had to stop and say, no, the, the lie is I don't have enough time. That's a lie. So mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? So what's the opposite? What do I need to say to myself? One of my friends, we had a conversation over coffee and his wife's been going through like she's been battling health issues for about two years and he started doing something that's very similar to what I was doing. And he said, man, we would just declare health over our family to start the day. And I don't remember exactly what they said, but like, it was the same thing. It was like that thing that's been like eating our lunch, stealing our joy, taking our hope. Yeah. We're like, we're not allowing it anymore. We're going to go oh. right at it. And we're going to declare that this is going to be a good day. We're going to declare health over our family. And he's like, dude, when I'm, when I tell you, like, as I'm saying it, I have chills now because it is that powerful. Yeah. It really yeah. is that powerful to start declaring like, this is what I want for my life and it's yeah. gonna be good. Yeah. 
And I feel like too, there are people out there who maybe haven't, you know, figured out their relationship with Jesus or, or whatnot or their faith. And I think that there is this thought of, oh, having faith, a part of my vision, a part of my focus is limiting when reality, it sets you up with not having to carry all of those chaotic moments, those stressors. I want to hear just why or how honestly it's helped you both through through your careers, how it helped you even set intention for writing each day of of this new book. You know, when we were sitting down, even conceptualizing, like you get one shot, right? To write a book. Like, what are we, what do we want to share with the world? What is that message that's deep in our hearts? You know, yeah. there's no way on earth that we could have come up with this on our own because, you know, you look at life through the lens of like over the past five years, when we started this journey, so much has happened. So much has changed. Like this, like you said, is such a timeless message. God was so in it. I mean, he really walked us through exactly what we needed to like share with the world and in little nuggets and little seasons, we get little drops of stuff. And, and that really is a testament to, I think the past decade of our life, um, both online and offline, it has been this roller coaster journey, but truthfully, God has been in it with us. Now there have been seasons where it is so easy. And I will admit this about myself where I want to be the captain of the ship. And I'm like, well, you're not moving fast enough. Like, let's go. You know, when you, it's hard when, when yeah. you don't like the thing with faith is it's not something that you can see. It's not something that you can always hear. It's a very in, also intuitive thing, but it's a thing that requires you to trust the things that you can't see. And so it is easy sometimes in the human flesh to like, want to take control of like the, steer the ship. And so I have seen so many times in my career and in my life, any time that I have come to the end of myself, which is a lot of times, probably at least once a day, yeah, I come to the end of myself and I always, it's like, I needed to be there. I needed to get to that point for God to meet me right there in that moment and for him to genuinely move because true faith is at rest. And when we're trying to do all the things, it's like, we're not giving God that opportunity to write our story and to share his secrets. And so I love that Stevie and I over the years have learned that like his way is way better than our way. And that requires a lot of surrendering to his process versus ours. And even this journey with the book, you know, like it's very vulnerable for us to like, you know, put a book out there into the world, like these two influencers, like who do they think they are? Like these happy couples smiling on the cover. Like there's so much in this book though, that it's not even about us. And that's our prayer for this, this journey and, and becoming authors. It's like, forget it being about us. Like, God, what are you going to do with this book and through the pages of this book? Because we have genuinely had to write these pages in alignment with him. And it's really been an amazing journey. Um, and, and that's just the book, but even our podcast that we launched our, you know, the blog that I started back in 2010, before I even met you, a lot of this stuff, it was all God orchestrated and I can look back now and see it really. And it's amazing when you let go and you let God really take over your life, you know, amazing things will happen. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a surrender. And I think that it's like in anything, the more repetitions you get, the easier it becomes. Surrendering is the same thing. Like God's constantly trying to just get our attention and yeah. we're ignoring him. And that's our choice, right? And I still do that on the day to day. Like I, I, I was laying in bed like a few weeks ago and I 
I literally, I don't think I've ever said this like to God, but I said, I miss you. I was like, I, I, it sounds cheesy, but I miss you. Like, I miss you. Like I miss a really good friend because I feel like the last month or two, I've, I've turned my back on you in the sense that I'm just doing me. I'm looking out for me. I'm not thinking, you know, I'm not being intentional with my days. I'm doing what I got to do. And other than that, like I've kind of ignored you, you know, and, and that's normal. And, and I don't think God's offended by that, but I just had a real honest moment, but it felt good to say that. Cause I was like in missing and knowing that I miss him, I know what I'm lacking. Right. Yeah. I know that what I'm, what I'm missing without him. And so for Cezanne and I, a, a huge part of our testimony and a huge part of this book is basically wrestling with God. And it's again, stepping up and saying like, God, like, really? Like, you want me to do this or you, you're not going to let me do this? You're going to take this away from me? Like, yeah. you know how much this means to me. When you talk about how rest is a risk. So yeah. there's a lot of these moments in the book where I was immediately reminded of, oh, maybe I just need to sit down. Yeah. Let it do its thing. Let it be in the crock pot for a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. And like God handle it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so funny you say that, Libby, because literally yesterday, yesterday. morning, <laughs> I'm in, you know, I, I, my, my, my Bible has the little bookmark in it and I kind of dust it off every so often in this season when I get a chance having a newborn to just sit and read. And mm-hmm. I had that moment yesterday morning and I thought, oh my gosh, when's the last time I actually got to do this? But for some reason, yesterday morning, my kids were still sleeping. I was awake and I was like, yes, what am I going to do with myself? So I grabbed my Bible. And when I opened it to where I had left off a couple months ago, it was, I landed on Hebrews 10 and Hebrews that, that whole, oh my gosh, everything that that whole chapter is talking about, it, it talks about sacrifice, right? And what Jesus did, he that one sacrifice he made on the cross being so powerful after that sacrifice, it's like, there's this moment where you think like, what was it like when Jesus was nailed to that cross? Right. Was he like nailed to the cross and and he was just like, but, and, and having like all these like stipulations, no, he had to sit there or, you know, basically be pinned against this cross. And he had to sort of like be still. And Jesus sat alongside God throughout his whole journey here on earth. And it is so beautiful when you look at the life that he lived. And a lot of it, even though we saw Jesus moving physically, he was literally sitting alongside the father, right? And it's a testament to the fact that like, why can't we sit still alongside God? I imagine when my kids wake up in the morning, little Oliver right now, he looks at me and he smiles in the morning. It's the first thing he does with his cute little baby breath that I want to eat. I'm just like, oh my gosh, he's not worried about a thing. Yeah. Right. And I just imagine when we wake up in the morning, why is it that our eyes go to our left and our right? And we're doing all of the things when we could just look straight into picture the father right at our bedside every morning he wait, he waits for us. And how often do we just stop and just look at him and know that no matter how today goes, like he's going to provide for me. He's going to feed me. He's going to make sure that I'm good because I would do that for my newborn. And that's just a small little taste of how much God loves us. So imagine how much more he's going to do for us. You know, just like the verse talks about in the Bible about the wildflowers, like he just is such an attentive God. He loves his children more than anything. So why do we wake up so sturdy and so crazy feeling like the weight of the world is on our shoulders? 
I just want to encourage everybody with that because I'm in a season right now where I'm learning, like really, really sacrifice, like really lay it all out and just be still and know that God's got you. He's your father. He loves us, you know? Yeah. That's funny. You said that about sitting still, because that is exactly what God was speaking to me yesterday morning. So there you go. I love it. There we have it. One quote that I want to um, talk about is you say sometimes in the toughest of circumstances, you're given an extra measure of strength to share with someone else. You're given a grace to show up for them in the way that they need. Mm-hmm. How have you felt that in your own life? Maybe as of recently, maybe, um, you know, amidst content creation, um, developing this book, developing a podcast episode that maybe a fan listened to and really appreciated. How have you? That's, that's really beautiful. You know, in, in that section of the book, we're talking about the importance of gathering for those, for others. I mean, you can't really cultivate a, a, a real good life without community, without showing up for the people and having not only a connection with your own life, right. And with God, but with other people, I mean, that's why God created us was so that we would all kind of live amongst and within and with each other. And I think the pandemic really crushed that for a lot of people. It forced us all to isolate, even churches, you know, it just, it's really sad. And so recently something that we did, Stevie, that were you thinking of that too? What we did was we were, we're, the girls had finally gone to bed and we were sitting in our living room with our turndown service, which, you know, that's a whole nother podcast, what we do to get the house all cozy, got to dim the light, lighting's everything, y'all. Mm-hmm. And then you just get your lighting right. And it's no longer the chaos of the day. This is now our time when the kids go to bed and we we're sitting on the couch. And we just felt like in this moment, we needed to connect in our marriage. And while we were sitting on the couch, I said, we were like, we should pray. But in, we did something different this time. Yeah, it was- And instead of praying for each other or, uh, you know, to God for us, like about us, what did we do? Well, I, Suzanne and I were both just sitting there and I felt like this, I don't know, I could just tell like it was different. Like we weren't in our normal state of being, honestly, like just like hurried or like, let's watch a show. We were just kind of sitting, we were being still. And um, it's hard for us. We're such doers, Suzanne and I, it's like, dude, like, both, you should see both of our families. Like well, everyone needs digital, to chill. The digital content creation space, it is a, people are like, oh, hey, yeah. post this. And it's like, you don't realize it's like, takes every oh, ounce of you. It does. Even as a team. It's that, yeah. but also me karate chopping my pillows every five minutes. Like sit down. Yeah, what right. She's like, if that pillow's in the background, it's not karate chop. And like, God <laughs> I'm forbid. I'm Monica on Friends, you know. But I mean, we were actually like chilling out for once. And I was like, this is really nice. And we just, I was like, Hey, is there anybody, you know, that comes to mind that you just want to pray for right now that you feel like needs something that's on your heart, you know? And so she came up with somebody and and I came up with somebody as well. And we just started like praying for them and, um, it went on for a while, honestly, but it really felt like in that moment, God gave us so much, um, I don't know, empathy for those people and what they were going through. But then also he started giving us, you know, insightful words to, to share with them. And so I remember we both like texted them after the call, you know, these, these different people. And they were like, we were like, Hey, I just see, you know, what you've been going through and maybe we haven't talked about it, but you know, we're here for you. We've been praying for you. And we, you know, feel like God might be saying this, you know, and just the impact that it had on them, you know, um, they were people that are close to us, you know, they just texted us back. was like, wow, like 
I have been feeling that and going through that and no one's asked me about it, you know, and the fact that you, you know, thought about me and prayed for me and texted me, you know, that really means a lot to me. Um, and it was like this beautiful moment where I like, so this is on and I were like, man, why don't we do that more often? You know, yeah. why aren't we looking why are we conditioned for opportunities to do like that, that more often? Yeah. Why, why is that not just natural muscle memory, you know? And I think one of the hardest prayers that you can pray is to ask God to break your heart for what breaks his, right? And when you genuinely go to God and you ask him to show you those things, you start to, your worldview starts to change. Your day-to-day -day starts to change. Your problems, not that they don't exist and that they're not valid. Suddenly they, they don't, minimize. yeah, they minimize. Yeah. And, you know, I experienced that when I went to Rwanda, you know, right before the pandemic, I was so nervous about that trip. I was so in my own head about it. I was going to help a part of like an influencer trip to raise money for their school lunch program. And so I had never done like a mission trip like this before, but also one that was going to require me to use my platforms as a stage for the people who needed it. And I walked into that journey on that 30 hour flight. I was so anxious and I was so worried about it. I was like, oh my gosh, what if people are going to judge? What if I'm not going to do a good job at this? What if we don't raise any money? What if I'm going to miss my daughter so much that it's going to just be like, was this worth it? Like all of these things that I believe the enemy loves to do when you're about to do something really amazing, when you're, God is about to use you to do something so good. The enemy will always be that annoying nag that's going to try to stir up any emotions that he can or anything that he can to fluff up the drama and the smoke. And that's exactly what happened because the second I landed there, the peace that greeted me on the grounds was absolutely God-filled. And it was like, I'm supposed to be here and I made it. This was the hardest part was getting here because the devil did not want me to get here. And I just remember that trip. We raised over $150,000 for the school lunch program. What did I do? This, it, it wasn't even about me. It was literally lending my platform to the people that were already on the grounds serving these children. It was saying, here you go, you can have this, do what you want with it and let me help you alongside of you. And when I just kind of showed up and I watched and I just listened and I learned, wow, I just realized why was I in my head about this? This was amazing. It changed my life, it changed their life. And I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I crave, that I wanna do more of. And I'm like, God, use me, let's go, let's do that. And I just want to encourage anybody, like you don't have to go 30 hour on a 30 hour trip to make an impact in your community. I would just ask yourself, like, when's the last time I prayed for somebody? When's the last time I checked in on my neighbors or my friends? You know, if you're a social media person and you have a community that follows you online, when's the last time you put up a little poll or a question saying, hey, is there, what are some real things you guys are going through in your life right now? And how can I encourage you today? And you will be surprised. I did this recently, how many people spilled out real things that they were going through, you know, real heartbreak stuff. And it just ties back into the whole message of what the heartbeat of this book and why we wrote it. Because the truth is a real good life is not about the Kanye West song of the world and like the worldly things of like the good life is the nice cars, the fancy house and all that, you know, understanding that a good, a real good life is about knowing that good and hard can actually coexist. There's actually beauty because when you go through the hard stuff, you really begin to see like what God can do with the hard, like right. that can become the pulp 
the hard stuff can become the pulp in the new thing that he's doing in your life, the new chapter and the new story he's going to write in the book of your life. And so these are all the stories that we share. And I love that you brought that quote up because that was specifically for the chapter when my brother had leukemia and we all had to show up for him in that season of life. And it was just, it changed my life. It changed my perspective about showing up for people that you love. So um, I found that very, very encouraging. So thank you for sharing that. Of course. And I think, I mean, just kind of listening to how you were describing that just now, I mean, I think the enemy just wants us to stay here. Like if we stay in our head, if we stay in this narrative, it's going right around and don't actually step out of that into our environments and to encouraging people, we miss out on some real good moments. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. It felt like real. that was happening to us just, you know, like recently, all of these things, you know, it's like yeah. you never arrive. You know, this book is not about like people yeah. thinking that they've arrived. So that, Susanna, I don't feel like we've arrived, but instead it just feels like these are just lessons that God's like, you're going to kind of relearn this lesson at greater degrees throughout your life, you know, but the, the quicker that you and I can like, meaning like between you and God, the quicker you and I can like move through mm-hmm. these things, the more I can show you. And so that's going back to that question about how God really does elevate and catapult your life in wonderful ways, not in the ways that the you know, the Kanye song says, you know, or you got the Ferrari and all it's not like that. Yeah. Um, but but God truly does like he eases your burdens, even in those times, like you said, where you're in your head, you know, it's like just just go to him, man. There's no better teammate than than God, truly. Truly. Well, I'm very, very excited for people to check out a real good life. It is up for pre-order. It comes out October 10th, which also happens to be my birthday. Hey, <laughs> let's go. Birthday party. Birthday. birthday party, launch party. Little Happy birthday, You know what's funny is earlier today, I did another interview and it ended when she said, um, the book comes out 10, 10. And then she's like, my birthday is in October. And I was like, me too. And hers is the 26th. And I thought, what is up with all these October babies? That's the best month, I think, out of the year. No good- offense, January baby. It's a good we do life. love the us October babies love the good life. We like these the, this <laughs> the feelings of the season, you know. So it's awesome. Amazing. Well, thank you both for taking the time to join me on the show. And everybody can follow you on socials. Um, what's the I know you have a, a lot of different accounts going on. <laughs> How can people keep up with you in your podcast? Yes. Well, if you just find Cezanne S A Z A, there ain't no Instagram, other Cezanne out you can there. You find the rest it. of it. It's going to be full of videos of our kids. Uh, Amari is taken over as the celebrity in this family. So just he, go check out yeah, Zahn's Instagram you'll and you'll see some really funny and videos. You'll be, you can even click that link in bio on my page and you're going to see everything about our life, like the book, our podcast that we have. I mean, everything will be linked. That's the convenience nowadays with the internet, which I love. It wasn't yes. like that 10 years ago. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys. Thank Best you. of luck on the release. Thank you, thank you so much. It's the Livio Show. It's the Livio Show.